Hey guys, what's going on? This is the Grass Volleyball Podcast, and I'm your host, Ned Batchison. I'm also the owner-founder of the Pittsburgh Grass Volleyball Company here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But today's guest is one of the biggest names in grass volleyball today. He's a longtime friend. He's you know certainly the life of the party, if you know him. Some even call him the godfather of grass volleyball. But today we're talking with Ken Cass. Ken is the tournament director, owner-founder of the Pottstown Rumble uh, Grass Doubles Tournament. Ken started the tournament back in 1991 with 400 participants, and over the last 30 years, he's grown it into the largest grass doubles tournament in the nation with over over 4,000 participants from all over the nation. Super interesting conversation. Ken has seen it all. Phil Dahlhauser and Nick Lucena have attended the attended the tournament before so we talk a little bit about them and other stories and certainly we talk about the the COVID situation going on too and the recent decision that the Rumble made but I hope you enjoy and many more of these podcasts to come what's up Kenny hear me yeah man what's up Ned how you doing good good I'm doing well how about yourself yeah not too bad man thanks for having some time to get together it's been a little while Yes, it has. Yeah, I was like going to reach out to you. Well, you know, I feel like we generally talk maybe before you guys do the rumble or like right after or something like that. And with all the shit going on, I thought I would just leave you alone because I'm sure you were dealing with some some crap, man. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, that's the right call. We were yeah. going at it, you know? Yeah. So, you know, obviously the the um, talk of the town right now is the, the you know, recent uh, announcement you guys made. So, um, you, you like want to maybe talk, talk through like the process of coming to that decision? Mm-hmm. Sounded like, 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 you know, based on, based off of your Facebook post, it sounded like there was some pretty heated like internal discussion, which, or in, you know, internal debate, basically. Yeah, I guess uh, to just just like in real life, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say politics, but ideologies uh, are in our board. You know, we have a solid board of 17. We end up with like 50 volunteers. So stuff got a little heated. Uh, some wanted to, which was ended up being a, the decision was made anyway. People wanted to cancel it eight weeks ago. And, Mm-hmm. There's some like myself had the belief of, yeah, let's just wait and see. Everything's ever changing every 48 hours. You know, let's wait and see. And, mm-hmm. and the, I think the neat part that I will say about our board, which is pretty cool, I think uh, we, we did a questionnaire uh, uh, through email and said, do you feel as though we should have the rumble? And it was like 60 some percent said no. And then it said, mm-hmm. if we have the rumble, will you help? And half of that 60% said they would. So even though they believed that we shouldn't have it, they still were going to help. So I think that's a testament to a lot. And, and actually, um, the ones that weren't going to help are just straight, obviously, because this COVID-19 is real, we're scared of it. Or um, have loved ones that were compromised, you know, elderly loved ones that they didn't even want a chance getting infected. infected. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we uh, – so – Six weeks ago or so, we were assigned to find, you know, PPE, what safety precautions we could take. So fortunately, Heather on our board, her husband, 
actually distributes PP&E and the company he worked for, which I don't have the name right now. Um, actually, we were in like volleyball. Their daughter played volleyball. And so they were going to give us everything at what the cost. And we were going to end up purchasing like $3,500 worth of PP&E to try and pull the rumble off this year. But then I, you know, I was talking to congressmen, um, county commissioners. I got down to the Montgomery County Health uh, Board of Health, and she was really nice. You know, people want to see stuff going. And mm-hmm. she's like, well, I really like to make this happen. How many players do you have? I said, about 4,000. They're like, mm-hmm. She said, well, you know, you realize that when the governor goes into green phase, you can still only have 250 people at an event. I said, what about 250 people a field, you know, mm-hmm. which is, is 25 nets because it's mm-hmm. actually kind of doable. And um, she says, where do they come from? I'm like, well, basically the I-95 corridor, you know, Florida to New <laughs> England. She's like, oh. and then all over the nation. I said, I said, actually, there's two guys on Facebook. They want to cross the border. If they open it, they want to come down and play for Canada. Oh my, yeah. Like, yeah, so she looked around, snooped around, checked it out. And she was like, ah, this, I just can't see this happening. So yeah, that's when we had that. That was all Friday. So uh, did an emergency meeting together and I had to do the tough decision to cancel <laughs> it. And I'll be honest with you, Ned, you, you volunteered yeah. down there years ago helping out. You know how much work that thing is to pull off, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and so I just saved myself a whole lot of work. I know that, you know, but really dis- disappointing. I, I was actually sad, you know what I mean? Cause this mm-hmm. would have, this should have been our 30th and we had that flood year um, mm. in 04. So we had to repeat the 13th. So this should have been the 30th. Ne- next year should be the 31st when it's really only going to be the 29th. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. there you go. How, how many, how many people are on your board and how, how often did you guys like meet to discuss um, the whole situation what, you guys were playing. Yeah, what, what we do is uh, right after the Rumble in July, we have a meeting because that's when everything's hot and heavy. And we call it the driveway meeting. Everybody's <laughs> in my driveway, got chairs oh, nice. out. And that's when that's when stuff flies, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, what you did wrong and, you know, somebody's going to let you know. It's a good board, you know, and we don't sugarcoat things. You know, we don't, oh, that was just such a nice job. You know, it's like, hey, you're supposed to do this. You didn't, you know. Oh, yeah. I get myself, I get hammered a lot. Uh, and, <laughs> but that's that's the most important meeting because we get right for everything's fresh. So then after that meeting, we don't meet until November, December. Uh-huh. Um, again, then from there, it's once a month. And then, really, the important ones are uh, you know, January, February, March, April, well, May. You know, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we do a once a month uh, meeting, and I'd say, uh, how many people show up? Anywhere? It's it's like an open board. Anybody that really wants to come, that has helped. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of comes. Usually, get like twelve to seventeen people. Um, Okay. And it actually attendance went up a little bit when we started having them in a Hidden River Brewery. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go figure. Right? Yeah, especially so, if you're paying, right? Probably yeah, not. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, yeah, the Rumble we do a little. Oh, cool. Some of the tab up. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Yep. No, that's cool that you. You know, sounds like you have people from all different ideologies. Like I, I just feel like you know, today's day and age, like you know, you see people posting things, and a lot of friends are just like. You know, a lot of people just end up unfollowing people or unfriending people over different, you know, different viewpoints. And I've always taken the viewpoint of like, you know, I might not agree, but I want to see what everybody's saying and, and have that discussion. So it sounds like you guys are doing the same thing. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. And Ned, thank you on that. Because I do the same thing yeah. on Facebook. You know, I have I have hard right and I have hard left. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? I leave them on there because I like to see what everybody's thinking. Of you course. know what I mean? It, uh, you know, unless I just actually had to unfriend a guy because that one topic I had with the mask and all that, it, you know, he had come in and called someone a pompous ass. Now, there's mm-hmm. just no reason for the name calling. You know what I mean? Right. It just, I'm pretty happy. I'm off on a tangent here, but I'm pretty happy with most of the friends I got from other Facebook posts I read. You know, I mean, be civil. Yeah. You know, there's just be civil. We can have an intelligent conversation. Well, it's but just like, everything does get heated. Yeah, it's just like people, you know, people say things behind a keyboard that they wouldn't say, you know, to you face to face, right? So it's just yeah, this I weird... get a lot of those people. <laughs> of course. Of course, man. Um, how, how does this situation compare to the flood? Like I... So I, I started coming in 2008, I think was my first year. So I was a couple couple years behind the flood. But the, did the flood happen before the event or did it happen during or talk about was, the flood a little yeah, bit? Okay, it was 2004, I believe that was what, the 13th. Yeah, 2004. And believe it or not, that's the first one that Phil Dahlza came to and Nicholas Center. That oh, one. no shit. I didn't that's even, awesome. I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even know it. Till 2005 when they came and won and he told me he was up here from south carolina or north carolina i was like "Ooh, that's not a good look you know what i mean well, what happened was we, wait so wait was, wait so dahlzer and lucena came up the year of the flood and then it and then it happened and then then it wasn't able to happen correct oh no yeah. way i didn't wow. even know that until he told me that you know i didn't obviously we didn't know who he was but i remember um, Adam Brocious does the seating along with like Chad Nolan. And I remember mm-hmm. he saw this name and he goes, he pounded the paper with his finger. He goes, this guy here. <laughs> and I'm like, what's this? And he has never done that. So he, uh, that was, he seen Phil play or oh, heard yeah. about him one or the other. And he already knew the level of greatness this guy was going to be. So I was like, I was excited to see him. And yeah. he did not, he did not disappoint. He did <laughs> Nick, you know what I mean? Um, so anyway, the fact of the flood, that was when we just ran Saturday and Sunday. So we really started probably setting up Thursday, and then Friday was our big day. And that was just when we were just down at the park. We didn't have a satellite field or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Friday, and it's raining, and it's raining again, and it's not stopping raining. Well, here we made C- Pottstown, made CNN News. Really? Because, us, yes, a cell. Stay right over Pottstown on our 13th Lucky Friday the 13th annual here. <laughs> well, our 13th annual. Yeah, and uh, it 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 dropped five and a half inches of rain in a matter of so many hours. Wow. Now, now that park is prone to flooding, but it's usually due to the fact that it runs into the Schuylkill River, like hmm. a half mile down, down from the park. Schuylkill River usually is backed up. It just backs the Manitoni up, and it's kind of a slower uh, flood type situation. Well, what happened here was I looked over, I said, Oh man, we're in trouble now. Looked over at the far corner of the park where the creek cut here. It was coming down like a, a mini tsunami. <laughs> lo- lo- it really was. It washed Jeez. over the, the bank and it was coming with logs and trees and it just started mowing down all the nets until the point where we were at, we were like, uh Oh, we're in trouble now. Um, we were, shoulder armpit high in the water and we were getting the banners and floating them putting them over a little bit of higher ground on the bleachers trying to save whatever we could and my uh at the time my wife's grandfather's trailer and his suburban were down there and we parked this i saw i parked the suburban 
on this little mound of infield dirt behind home plate, like you see a lot of times at baseball games, well, that water just got up to the – what do you call that? Right at the floor of the Suburban. That's where all the prizes were, the mm -hmm. T-shirts and everything. So they all – they were about two inches away from getting wiped out. His Suburban got wiped out. His trailer got totaled. Um, we had cars that were totaled there. Dudes just left their car there that were helpers, like brand-new cars. Their trailers, we should have pulled them out, all the vendor trailers. We didn't get them out in time. Luckily, most of them got insurance on that. Um, well, they all had insurance, but uh, we lost everything there. Porta potties floating, nets floating. Wow. Um, we didn't lose all the nets. We got, but then the next day, oh yeah, then we're in there, right? It's dark, and the fire police are out there. Now I'm saving stuff. Some people are scared. I said, "You can go. You got to go." I'm gonna try and stay <laughs> this stuff. So uh, the fire police are yelling, um, "You must." Get out of the park. But I said, come get me. You know what I mean? You know, that's, that's how that went. Then we uh, my cousin saved the big inflatable eagle. You know, the eagle that we've had. Oh, you got to save that. Yeah, well, first off, I didn't own it. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So I definitely had to save that. Uh, my cousin saved that. Uh, and he saved uh, the uh, cooler of beer. And we yeah. walked out. And that was the flood year. And then the next day, if I could have done it over again, you know what I'd done that? I'd have played. Really? I'm just torn. Yep, I'm gonna turn the park up. There was water puddles. Let them splash. Whoever wants to play, play. That's so the grass wasn't was. damaged after the flood. Oh yeah, it was all messed up. Okay. We could we could have cleared some debris from the nets. Wow. Um, there was water puddles still fishing. There was fish in the park. We actually getting them. <laughs> the puddles were received. But yeah, I would have played. I mean, we we have a lot more uh, financial backing now in the bank that we can pay for, like we did, you know, in that real muddy year after that um mm -hmm. so yeah that was the flood that was the the 13th but nobody was there right because you said you guys you know obviously you didn't, you didn't do anything on fridays so at least no players were there right to correct <laughs> well they were they were people come into town on friday night i remember henry default megan he made his comeback um henry was a player in the 90s here he was coming back for his comeback he got in shape and i remember seeing him out there in the street mm -hmm. and uh yeah, so people were out there, and it was. I had this lady call me up. This is why I say I would have played. She called me up Friday night. She said, Ken, I drove from California. I picked up my friends in Oklahoma to come play. All I want to do is play. I said, look, I feel your pain. I said, right now, my grandfather's trailer is probably underneath the, the bridge. You know what I mean? So if I, if I could have done it over again, I'd have tried to make something happen. It'd have been That's a crazy. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. crazy, man. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk obviously too much about the 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 bad years, right? <laughs> right, right. The situation, but is there anything else you want to say before we kind of move on about the nah. situation or the nah. decision? Oh, the COVID, look, the COVID situation, it just sucks. I mean, and then yeah. we look at the rumble here, but I, I feel really bad, especially bad. Well, obviously for all the people that perished and got sick, but the um, the college and high school seniors right now, they're the ones that really got robbed. You know what I mean? It's uh. I don't know. Uh, no, I'm good. I don't have any more to say. It just sucks, and everybody knows it. So yeah, move on. Totally agree. Yeah, I wanted to. Um, we don't. We don't normally talk about stuff like uh, like your history or background. I don't feel like we've ever talked. I mean, um, you know, generally I feel like we talk every like you know once every six months, something like that. But I thought it'd be interesting to just get a little uh, 
a little of Ken Cass's background history for people. So, um, all right, correct me if I'm wrong here, but now you're from Pottstown. Mm -hmm. You went to Pottstown Senior High. Mm -hmm. You live in Pottstown currently. Is that all? Mm -hmm. Yep. So why why Pottstown? Is that like where your folks are from, or how, how did you end up in Pottstown originally? Well, I was born in Pottstown, and then at the age of five, my parents divorced, mm. and then I uh, went have two sisters and went live with mom, of course, and um, then my mom always said she had some nomad in her blood because I was in seven different schools by sixth grade. And then every two years after that, so I moved from, I was in schools around this area, then to Easton, then to Stroudsburg, where I did, that was our longest stint. I did two years there from seventh to ninth grade. And then Anvil, which is over there in, you know, Lebanon Valley College. I did a year there. And then I moved down um, with my dad in 10th grade and I ended up graduating from Pottstown. So in all those travels, I always said, you move to different schools like that, and you're a new guy in school, you learn how to fight and make friends. Mm -hmm. I, think I, do, I think I do pretty well at both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that, that uh, obviously shaped me um, in a lot of my life, uh, moving around. Like, seriously, that's, that's usually what government kids do, you know, yeah. army brats or whatever. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I moved back into Pottstown in 10th grade. Um, and what? Yeah, never geared toward college. Um, I was a landscaper. And um, married, young, my son, uh, he did the baseball thing. Oh, yeah, so then in the middle of that, that's a, a 88, I think that was in Karch Karai, and all those dudes won the Olympic gold medal, and volleyball was crazy. So I remember we got married, and we go down the shore, with her family always did it. And since I'm already was a landscaper, I hate being outside. I'm baking in the sun. I'm not laying out on a beach. I was basically hiding under the umbrella while – my wife at the time loves laying out and reading the book. So I saw these guys playing volleyball. So I went over there and it was absolute jungle ball. You know what I mean? Just hit the net. Nobody called nets. You know what I mean? There's almost like physical contact after a while. And then uh, I came back home and wanted to play in leagues around here. And I would never forget my buddy. He was down the shore. And we came back and we we're going to join the men's league. And it happened to be there was like five new teams because everybody's excited over the winning Olympics, I guess. So they, the guys that have been in the league, they say, what do you want to play, A or B league? I look back on this and look at myself as, as such an ass. So I said to my buddy, man, we probably should play the A league. I don't want to hurt anybody in the B league. So we went and they convinced us to the B league. And we even got an A league player that didn't have a team. I think we got smoked uh, 2 to 15, 3 to 15 in like a 1 or a 0. And the guy said, welcome to the B league, boys. And I was like, okay. So, yeah, right, right. You know how it is. You know, you've never ever played before. They're never going to win. Yeah. So we worked our, worked our way up uh, to the A-League. But I remember um, Charlie Weagle took me down to my first ever doubles tournament. And that was, doc, it was called the Dr. Bob D'Antonio uh, tournament. And he was still alive. And it was ran in Radnor. And I went down there and there was 12 mats. And it was so fun. I was like, this is a piece of the beach life. You know, California, got girls in bikinis, dudes hanging out, music, fun, volleyball. Mm -hmm. I was like totally hooked. And then I said, I got to do one of these in Pottstown. And I went back to uh, Pottstown, Parks and Rec. And they said, you can do it. It'll be, it's your money, but we hold it. Because what happened was some 
dude actually tried running an a indoor tournament at $250 a team back then, took the money and never had the tournament. So they got burned. So that's how it started. All the money is, has always been kept in the nonprofit account. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so uh, that's how Potsdam was born. What a uh, just random, but more uh, more history background before we jump into more volleyball background and stuff. But what what nationality is Cass? Is that is that German? Uh, Belgium. Belgium. Okay. Yeah, Interesting. I'm a, I'm a Heinz. I'm a Heinz, European Heinz 57. Okay. You know, <laughs> collaboration. Yeah. German, Irish, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. No, it's funny you mentioned, uh, well, it's just, it makes more sense now because, you know, you're, you're obviously like the life of the party at the, uh, at the event. So it makes sense. Your whole, your whole comment about, uh, you know, I, I learned quickly how to make friends and how to fight. I've never seen you fight, but seen you make a lot of friends so uh yeah, yeah. That's, that's i'd rather be noted for that by the way yes yeah mm-hmm. so what um you said you were you were uh into landscaping originally and i think you've been um in like construction now for for some time how did you like transition from that yeah yeah uh, get into that exactly i did the landscaping um you know for seven years and then i went to an excavation company learned uh, uh, digging basements, footers, all that stuff. It was a terrible company. That's the only reason you got, to, it's hard to get to learn to use heavy equipment. You better pick it up quick because nobody's paying to train you. And you already had to be in a shit company, excuse me, that, which I was where no real operator would work, but I got training at that. Then I went back in the landscape and uh, put a lot of big stuff down center city, Philadelphia. Um, and then I had an opportunity to join the operators, uh, engineers local 542 so i am now a union heavy equipment operator which i've been for the last 22 years um i enjoy it it's good for me it's outside it's fun um i don't know moving around a lot no no boredom still a little rough bunch at times it's a kind of fits me i like Mm -hmm. it yeah yeah so you think you first kind of like got the volleyball bug from karch winning in 88 is that kind of what you were getting at there is that fair to say no was it well the, uh, the bug that? was down at the beach believe ah. it or not you know what i mean because i never you know it was a sin <clears throat> the volleyball in my day was what the gym teacher did when it was raining outside and just threw nine 12 kids on the side and didn't bother they just went and hung out you know mm-hmm. and i remember i remember seeing these two kids it was like a family picnic but anyway they're big boys, they're football players. So they, they want to play volleyball. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here comes the gorilla ball, you know, one over, you know what I mean? Each yep. side, like my picnics when I was a kid, Uncle Carl and Uncle Butch on either side, they were the guys that just hit the ball back and forth. So we go to start passing. I'm like, these guys can play. They're setting their bump. I said, wait a minute, where'd you learn this? They said, gym class. I said, gym class? What school? <laughs> they were at Perk Valley. And here, the, the gym teacher lady is one of the people that we went to the beach with. So oh, she wow. taught these kids actually how to legitimately, cause she played, I mean, she played, she probably played collegiately and I, I played with her indoor, you know, co-ed leagues and stuff and at the beach. So uh, when I went to the beach, that's where I loved it. Uh, and then yes, of course the Olympics and all that. It just kind of think they were both all the same thing to be honest with you, Ned, you know? Mm-hmm. And I love playing. And for me though, indoors was something you did so you could play outdoors. Like mm-hmm. doubles was where it was at, especially a guy of my size, five eleven, with an average height, jumping height of like twenty nine inches. Um, doubles was the game better suited. 
I blocked pretty well. And hitting was, my, I think, my weakest point. And, uh, by the way, because a lot of people haven't seen me play, the best I did was, well, we won. I won eight tournaments, several of them. I came in a lot of seconds for some reason. And uh, then the next level, there was no double A around here back then. So I peeked my head up in the open level and said, I'd have to work really hard just to be a scrub player. You know what I mean? Like, hmm. the, you know, these guys are six foot four, six foot five. They, you know, well, you know, you know how it is, Ned. I mean, you competed that level, right? I mean, you, you can. You're a tall guy with a little bit more athleticism than myself. But that's where I kind of peaked out at the time. And I had a child. And I will say to anybody that uh, play as long as you can, because some physical ailments right now, you know, I mean, keep me off the court. But if I could have done it over again, I would have played a little bit more. But at the same time, I had a young kid and he was in baseball and, you know, high school, Legion, college, all that. So, yeah, makes sense. Uh, I think you, you kind of spoke to this a little bit already, but like, do you happen to know much about the history? And I feel like we, do, we can do a whole conversation about this at some point, but the history of grass volleyball, like across the nation, and then maybe, you know, more specifically the history of grass volleyball in your area. Because I know, I know you mentioned Dr. Bob you brought up before on other calls that we've had is, is he one of the pioneers around i'm gonna have to or? give it yeah i'm gonna have to give it to him and then then jack fox started before the rumble he ran king of prussia volleyball and he did that's i that around here that is was when volleyball was at its best and i'll tell you why because dr bob did his one we did one um jack fox did one a month um then chris ho started doing one a month i think and then um they were doing them up there at uh, lancaster we're running occasional ones too so what was nice was everybody went to those because there was no overlap so if they had one in lancaster it was like a 30 net tournament and that was big at the time um king of prussia the biggest one there was a 30 net one and um, it was just fun. Anywhere you went, it was a good time. It was big. Then what happened was it was so fun, everybody started doing it. Now, you had multiple tournaments every weekend. So here's what happened. If you lived in Hatboro, Horsham, and there was a tournament there, obviously that's where you went and played. If you lived in Lancaster and they were hosting a tournament there, that's where you played. So now you had these little 10-net tournaments everywhere, and it oversaturated the whole scene and it actually ruined it is what happened around here in the 90s then we obviously didn't have to worry about it because we were one time somebody tried running on top of us once that was an embarrassment for them um so we always held that power of you know nobody was going to do that then uh then in the end the, the the strongest held on which was east coast volleyball chris ho um he runs a nice tournament he doesn't do people wrong um, and so he was one of the major players that stayed on, but I can only speak to the local grass situation around here. I, I do know, uh, uh, let's face it, beach players still kind of look down on the grass a little bit, but the reality of it is uh, when Misty May came out with her father, Butch, who's a really cool dude to talk to, Butch May was a stud player himself. Okay. Well, I guess you have to be a stud to raise Misty May. And, uh, he said, we don't have anything like this in California. We looked at the rumble and then. I realized as I went to a beach tournament. And you, you, did you have you ever played beach tournaments, Ned? 
I don't think I've actually played an, an actual like sanctioned beach tournament before. No. Okay. Well, I've definitely played. Is, you know. Yeah. Casually. And the beach, but like it's and my son even said it because he was playing a couple more. You go down to the headquarters at beat, you know, where you're signing up. They say here, drive down 11 blocks. You're on 28th Street. Well, the nets are strung out. I'm not bashing on beach volleyball, but they like to bash on grass. So I'll tell you how it really is. And that's are just strung out in a row, you know, because the beach is thin. And where, so that's what it is. And you just go back and where the rumble, as you know, is on a one big, we pack them in with the gill netting. So it's one big festival party on the field. They don't have that. That's, it's a, it's a kind of a novelty what we do compared mm-hmm. to what a lot of people do. Um, so I don't know where I went with that, but yeah, that was the, kind of the grass scene right there. And that's where we're at. Oh yeah. I remember asking the East coast volleyball, Chris Ho and Josh, I said, why didn't you guys switch over to the new rules? He said, cause you didn't, you know, meaning us at the rumble. And, uh, I'm kind of I'm proud of the fact that we've helped down the whole mid-Atlantic area over here and grass volleyball still plays with the old school rules and everybody else plays new stuff. Well, everybody looks to you guys, seriously. Well, I guess there's, we, if we would have changed, everybody else would have changed. And it was funny. I remember when the new rules came out and I was kind of not playing indoors anymore because I was just working a lot. And um, someone said, you see these new rules, Ken? I'm like, what are they? And they explained it to me. I said, I just simple as this with the person. I forget who it was. I said, we're not doing that. Like, no, we're not doing that. And that was it. Like, I don't know what these people are doing. Why would you junk the game up like that? And now, obviously, Rumble's proven people love it. And I remember asking young girls, Dina Martinez, you know her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she only grew up, she was a basketball player, she told me. And, and then in college, she picked up volleyball and she ended up playing on the volleyball team instead. And I said, what do you like? Why do you like the, you like the old school rules? She said, yeah. I said, why? And she said, because she only ever played the rally point scoring, you know, till Pottstown. She said, because when you get a point, it's like you earned it. Mm-hmm. Instead of the ball just hitting the ground. I thought it was interesting, you know, the, the, the struggle, the fight of trying to get a point, um, which was – and then I think that makes our tournament special too because, I mean, hey, we could do rally, make things real easy on Ken Cass and the staff playoffs be done at two o'clock you know i mean they would start at two we'd be wrapped up at five tournament over now who the heck wants to do that ned right Right. yeah i mean when you watch like an avp event i mean they're they're amazing obviously Mm -hmm. but how many real points do they actually score real meaning you know they you know whenever they actually served right so yeah i I, you know i'm obviously in in agreement with you there related to earning points but what what year would you say the first grass tournament and what year do you think people started playing grass you know, like like competitively in in like the you know eastern pa area like 70s you think earlier i'm gonna go later than that okay. i really am i'm just gonna have to say that that doctor bob d'antonio he was it was like the best kept secret you know because no social media back then he was doing it for a couple of years i'll say so that was that was 1990. I'm going to say in the 80s at best, you know, because if you think about sand volleyball, beach volleyball, let's face it, was the 70s was a heyday for out there in California where it really truly originated, right? 70s, late 60s. Mm-hmm. And so until it gained traction here and until the net system that Parkinson has, you know, until net systems really available, I, I just have to believe now I'm not – historian on it and I should know more but I'd have to say in the 80s 
you know, and, you know, we were obviously a big part of the growth 30 years ago, 1991. And they were just, Jack Fox was just doing them. Um, he was the, he was maybe doing them two years before that. So yeah, I'll go with the eighties. I guess it would have to coincide too, a little bit with, with the rise of Parkinson too. Cause how else were people, you know, nobody, you can't make a, you know, well, I have seen some like makeshift grass, you know, outdoor grass nets before, but mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, let's face it. Yeah. It was the old, it was the post with a tire with a cement inside it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eventually, I don't know if you know the the Park and Sun owner, but I'd like to maybe at some point talk to him about um, grass volleyball and history there too. So we'll have to revisit that maybe at some point. But what do you, what do you think? Like, why do you think it caught on? Do you think just because it's you know rural out there? Obviously, you know sand isn't native. Do you think it's just you know what made grass catch on so much more than sand? Just the you know just not as much sand availability is grass space basically well here you go i can answer that from my level <clears throat> parks and rec wanted to put in a uh excavations does he i can do it well i totally disagreed on where they wanted to put it and where it was at where it's still their sand underneath there ned is back at the bark park so what happened was we put the sand in there, put a drainage pipe into the creek, you know, for the under. But the problem was it was so close to, I'll call it sea level, which was creek, creek level, that the sand, and there's trees around there, kind of kept it shaded. The sand was like, you know, where the water comes in from the ocean, and then it's that hard pack, mm-hmm. and then you get the soft sand where everybody else is playing volleyball. We were playing in the hard pack. And so I thought it was really going to take off two nice nets. We had the light back there. Nobody wanted to play in it. And in reality, you just got sandy and gritty. They're like, Ken, we just proud of playing grass. We don't get all grimy. And you can jump higher and move faster. You know, that's what I say about the grass game. Sand players like to whack on it. And that is, can I go there or you got, do you have something for that? Like pet peeve with sand and grass issues or did I? Oh, yeah. So back to that. Hold on. Remember to hit me up on that one because I have a pretty good take on that in my opinion. Okay. So the sand people chose not to play on it and grass you pop up a parkinson net you can play anywhere and really you just don't you don't jump as high and you can't move as fast in sand so people like playing on the grass mm-hmm. prefer actually they actually prefer it now as you're older sure it's a lot nicer on your as i can speak to it's easier on your body on that sand it's harder on an older person you know jumping up and down on the grass that, oh, right. that also depends how hard it is and that's why i like to rumble in june because right about now in the pennsylvania area like there at the end of June, it's borderline, but come July, everything's usually the grass is brown and it's like concrete. We usually don't get that at the Rumble, so I like that. Yeah, yeah. You talked about um, you talked about how like AVP and, and you know sand volleyball maybe in general looks down a little bit on <clears throat> on grass volleyball, and I think one of the proudest moments for grass volleyball over the last well long time, in my opinion is when you were on with uh, Dane Blanton's on the, uh, I forget what, you know, where it was specifically. But. New York City, New York oh, City okay. on Amazon Prime. Yeah, that was amazing. Talk, talk a little bit about meeting Dane and, and that whole experience. Well, it was, uh, it was cool being up there. I love that New York City event. They do a great, fantastic job with it, you know. 
So they said, all right, Dane Blanton's going to interview you. Of course, I knew who he was. And I said, do you ever hear the Pasta and Rumble? He said, no. I said, got to work on that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, they were interviewing me. And they were, were standing there right where all the people are. And the cameraman's there. And this guy's, uh, they wanted this guy who's right behind my back. Wanted him to move. He kind of didn't move right away. So I decided to give him a little elbow nicely. I said, yo, cuz, I'm about ready to go worldwide, man. You got to back up. <laughs> Dane was dying on that one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Did the interview there. It was, uh, it was nice. You know, it was a good interview. I still haven't seen it yet, but. Um, well, it's just cool fine. that, you know, grass volleyball is finally being acknowledged. So it's just, you know, just cool, obviously. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Now it was. The coolest part was when they put our uh, Bill Bonney's promotional video for the Rumble up on center court on the big screen oh, right there. Awesome. Yeah, at the main draw. That was, uh, yes, it was. A shout out to AVP America, Carlene Wayne, and the. Uh, Donaldson, of course, the owner. Uh, it was nice meeting him. Um, he was a real good dude. So, yeah, we got a nice little recognition out of all that, you know? It only took you 30 years. Yeah, 30 years. You're right. You know? <laughs> and it's, it's funny. I always say this with – and ABP America has helped us, and Donaldson has been real receptive to it, too. You know, I always had a little pet peeve. Uh, tennis can play off clay, play off blacktop, bounce a ball off grass and call it Wimbledon. And volleyball players still refuse. It's just a different surface under your feet. And I'm sorry, the grass game is more powerful. It's faster moving. They jump higher and they hit harder because they can. You know what I mean? Get filled dials on grass. I've seen it. It's a real problem. You know what I mean? That's so, such a good point. Yeah, it is. I mean, like tennis plays off of it and ball players. And I get it. It's, you know, I'm, all, I'm part of the old, you are too, I'm sure. The, uh, yeah, I know you are. The old school volleyball group. And, uh, those guys hate the new rules, you know, mm -hmm. and here we are doing what they did, you know, stuck by our guns or the old school rules. You still don't get the love out of them, you know, cause it's grass. But I did see, um, uh, I'm on that volleyball legends that, uh, Eli poor put together, you know, Jerry poor, his son, Eli. I don't know. Yeah. I think I'm on that. Yeah. Are you on it? Okay. I think so. Yeah. It was zoom. What's it now? It's, Oh no, that's a Facebook group. He just did a, a zoom. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, thing. Where, where I'm in it, of course, because of the Rumble. I like to be in it because I was a good player, but I didn't make that Zoom list. You know what I mean? I'm in it because of the Rumble. So it's really neat. All these old heads on there, you know, guys my age and um, uh, like Beetle Bailey, um, who won the Rumble four times, Jason Robertson, actually, in several seconds. You know what I mean? Beetle, you know, he's a, he's a legend. He's on there, and all those guys are talking stories. And they're always talking like, mostly there are a lot, it seems to be talking rumble story, you know, when they did this, when they did that. So it's pretty neat. You know what I mean? That, that history came up through. It's, uh, it was mm -hmm. funny when, uh, we, when I actually knew it was something, you know, you realize in the beginning, it was big when, yeah, that's right. The first rumble we had, it was, there was 40 nets. So the very first one, it was the biggest tournament in the state of Pennsylvania at the time, um, probably due to the bikini contest. We had a male and female contest, you know, whatever you want to call it. And uh, made a, it male, big. a male bikini contest? Nah, what do, you, what do you call that, man? <laughs> hunk, hunk guy thing. I don't know. I didn't watch it, man. I'm sure you, you would have been eyes focused, but I didn't watch that one. <laughs> but uh, it came, uh, you know, it made the, uh, you know, it, it kind of made it big. That was the trick. If you can make it big right off the bat, it's half your problems, you know? So we did that, and it was known to be big. And then, then I had poured a lot of my heart and soul into it, got the board established. And then there was a lull in the action where I kind of wasn't playing too much and I was missing my kids' high school games. I mean, they were going state championships. They went to the nationals on Legion. 
And that rumble for that for that week was just me missing my kids' game. So to me, it kind of I thought it flatlined a little bit. And there was a guy when Spalding came on tour, a guy named Billy Berger. He said, he said, you know, it's funny. Everybody runs around beating your chest, you know, about how great their tournament is and whatever. And there you guys are, just sitting there doing humbly something and building something big. You know, at the time we were still doing the old school rules, and I didn't really know how big we were until he really said that. You know, a guy from California recognizing the tournament I didn't know what we were and how much it means to everybody is when I say that you know what the rumble is to so many people you know I've had so many adults come up to me and say Kenny this is my Christmas time that's a nice feeling you know when you Mm. put on something like that you know that they they are so excited for it it brings back memories of when they were kids opening up presents so it's pretty neat Mm -hmm. yeah and I you know I, I have nothing bad to say about the ABP they've moved the game forward obviously a lot for all of us. I just, you know, I'm just really happy that they're acknowledging grass volleyball, but one, uh, or, you know, acknowledging grass volleyball more, but one, one thought I had, or one um, comment for you, do you ever foresee a point in time, you know, kind of based off of something that you said, where the Pottstown Rumble would just be an event of the AVP, right? You, you think at some point in the future, it could get, it, you know, could get to that point, you know, you're, you're basically your whole comment about tennis, you know, being on multiple surfaces, why not volleyball? Well, that's always been a dream of mine, even before I met Donaldson. Um, it seems like it would make perfect sense. And here's what I said. There, there was years before Donald took over. In the beginning, AVP would put on an event in Belmar, New Jersey, right on the weekend at a Rumble. It was like they were doing it on purpose. And I would ask players, where are you going to go? And they said, most of them said, look, I'm a player. I'm playing first. And then what a lot would do would, uh, would play at the Rumble at least one day and try and catch the AVP the next day. And then finally, I remember Chris Makos, he was a local kid, went on, he played on the AVP tour for quite some years. And he said, he told me, he was, I was at the meeting, and I said, why are you putting this on the Pottstown Rumble? You need to stop it. You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. Why? You know, and it was embarrassing for them, in my opinion. We couldn't move our date. They could move anywhere they wanted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you, have you ever, um, have you, I, I know you're, you're friends with some of the other grass volleyball tournaments that go on in the country. Have you guys ever thought about like teaming up and making it like a, a series, right? Where if, you know, if you win the boat ride, if you win the rumble, you win an extra, you know, an extra amount of money, right? Some kind of like, I don't know, league or something like that. Oh uh, yeah. We talked, I talked with, um, you know, it was uh, Tom Galecki and Wapaka. Mm-hmm. Leon Fell, who recently sold the Motherload event, and then maybe like Seaside, if you want to call it like the, you know, the Gold Series or whatever, take the four biggest tournaments in the nation, the most prestigious, whatever you want to call it, and do a series like that. But it, logistically, it just kind of didn't work out. It'd been a little tough, you know what I mean, to do. Everybody, like, he's doing triples. Um, Leon's doing sand, different rules and stuff. So that was discussed. It just, what we do is work together and we give, um, each other free entries meaning if you win a division the Pottstown rumble you get go up there and play double a for free up it to get to move up the division i'm not sure i'm pretty sure you do um at wapaka or the mother load just get trying to get people moved around a little bit but yeah i don't know i as long as i just hope always hope that like well this was going to be the year avp doesn't have it on our date so and they were going to be what new york the two weeks before, I think it was, the 7th. The 7th, yeah. Um, 
there wasn't an event on our date. Well, the more of those guys come, we'd like to get more ladies to come too, and hopefully work up more uh, women's pro teams coming so we can work up their, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, prize money. Mm-hmm. And we would have, we possibly would have had uh, a, uh, what do you call it, a, a buy uh, into the main draw. Meaning if you want to pass on Rumble, man and woman, you could go to Manhattan, insert it into the main draw. That's a really, really big deal, okay? And we were right there working with the ABP with it. Problem is, Pots Down Rumble doesn't give equal prize money to both. I'm sure you'd like to delve into that a little bit, Ned, right? Hmm. Why, don't, why don't we do that, right? <laughs> do you know why we don't do that? Uh, no, I don't. And it's interesting because I don't get any the, – the players understand it. And here's how it goes. If we're doing a Texas Hold'em tournament and – these guys over here, let's just say the men. And men want to play with the men. Women want to play with the women, against the women, as they do at the Pottstown Rumble. If I have 100 men's team over, he, over here, uh, putting in $100, that's $10,000. If I have 40 women's teams over here, putting in 100, that's $4,000. So the women split their money up, and the men split their money up. Now, I guess we're supposed to be a little more socialist and take the money from the men and give it to the women. Now, in actuality, what Pottstown does do is we also supplement that from the lower divisions, more money. So they're not just getting 100% payout. They're getting more. And when you do the math, the women are getting more of that um, percentage than the men are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Makes they sense. wanted me to make it, make it equal. And I'm like, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. That's wrong. You know what I mean? And the, no, the, not, the ladies understand it. They know it. That's how it's done. We're not a sponsor. We have one sponsorship, Adam Brocious Pharma Sales, who we thank dearly. That's the only sponsor we have. If we were a tour event like the AVP, I get it because that's where the revenue comes in. Our revenue comes in from the players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. That's why we do it. So totally. could have had a, I, can't, I can't be a sellout like that. I got beat up enough to join AVP America. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's um, what's 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 that been like with them? When did Good. that? I mean, when did that start? Did that start in 2018 or 2019? Uh, yeah, just America? last year. Last year, just okay. Last year, yeah. And the reason, you know, people are like, oh, why are you doing that? Because you had to add on, uh, what is it, uh, the thirty dollars if you wanted to play the rumble. Yeah, the ABP membership. Yeah. Yes, right. Which makes it for the year then. Um, the reason, and then it, what we did do is if there was some pots on people like, look, this is the only tournament I play. We cut them a break on the registration but they had to join that legally then you know what i mean because it's what well, rumble got out the reason that i was head for it and it, some people don't even believe me but this is it first off we get prizes and stuff and it all goes back to the players okay that's what we got out of it what they got out of it was the entry but the real reason was i was tired of the sandbag i'm tired of prize hunters you would know what they are, right, Ned? Mm-hmm. The guys that play double A everywhere else, and they kind of pass and say, oh, I'm going to play A because I'm going to win. I'm going to get the prizes. And so when that double A team drops down to the A division, they made it so nobody in the A division is going to win unless he's another sandbagger. So that's what people did. They dropped down. And then I got to see on social media after, oh, big problem, pass down with a sandbagger. Well, guess what? That's you, the player, doing that. You know what I mean? I didn't know everybody. I can't know everybody at, at 4,000 people, you know? And well, we well, then I have to spend all weekend because we want to report the sandbagger. We want to catch them. I throw them out. I move them up a division or I throw them out. And then I usually just like give them their money back, which I shouldn't even do, but we do because we're not, we don't want to be seen as we're trying to get the money. But I got to spend all weekend 
watching somebody or I have people that do it, you know, and you can see the skies jumping through these over there in the B division, right? Knees at the net, <laughs> <laughs> just straight thumping ball straight down. It's like, dude, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Then I got to get in arguments with them. They never win. They're never going to win. I win. And I got tired of that. So what the AVP America offers is it's already ranked. You're in there and you play all these tournaments and you win, you move up and now you know everybody. That's why we did it. Oh yeah. That was the main thing. Yeah. Can't stand it. I can't, I cannot stand it. You know, you have 4,000 people down there, 3,900 are great or great. It's the other 100 that are trying to just be for themselves. You know what I mean? So that's why we did it. Yeah. That makes sense. It's just too hard to police obviously at, um, mm -hmm. at your scale. Obviously you can't, mm -hmm. uh, can't police that. So that makes sense. Um, you can talk a little bit about the, the rumble history and I feel like we could do a, a you know, two, three, five hours on, on just Rumble history. But you guys started in 91. Um, you had 40 nets, 200 people. Now, I think it was just you and John Emmel, right? Are there any other notable people in? Yeah, there is. Well, my, my ex-wife, my wife at the time, Pam Cass, you know, when I said I wanted to do it, John Emmel was the guy that he was an open-level player. He, he started real young with his uncle Don Decker, so he was a stud. At uh, 16, he was already playing against, like, Steve Obradovich and doing a Molson tours on the on the beach, you know what I mean, is where Wait, they all played you, at. Did you say John Emmel's uncle is Don Decker? Yep. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. No way. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, who. And then, of course, Don Decker came in second uh, with Jerry Poor to Adam Procius in the very first Rumble. And uh, and Adam had a really nice – Adam's a great player himself, but he had a real ringer there uh, – I can't remember his name, Vlado, but Vlado. Yeah, Vlado. Vlado or something Blotto, like that. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he ended up winning a gold medal on the Czechoslovakian team. The guy he really? Wow. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, his knees, that jump serve was <laughs> just horrible. But anyway, uh, where was, oh, yeah, so that us three, you know, where the original starters, John had the ideas, basically, and I implemented them. And then uh, you want to talk about the first uh, two, well, first couple. I was secured yeah. with my friends. So Jamie Hammy slept in one field. Kyle Recky slept in another field. Sam Strunk slept in another one, and I slept in another one. That was security because all the nets were rented. You know, we didn't own them. Like $250 a piece. Kenny Cass couldn't afford it. I ended up losing $300 on the very first Rumble. And I went wow. into Gary from Parks and Rec, and I said, uh, Gary, I lost $300 on that. He said, yes, you did. <laughs> That's why I definitely – yeah, that was out of my – and I'll tell you, as being a landscaper back in 1991, $300 was a little bit of money to me with a young child, you know? Yeah. Um, and then uh, what happened was – so it was King Kenny back then. I uh, was doing most all of it, whatever friends I had. You know, they come in when they want it, you know, did what they wanted. You know, you never knew what you were going to get. And then one of those years, I was uh, – Robbie Arantes and Chris Pettini uh, ended up coming in from uh, California. And – I ended up part that we didn't have a Sunday back then. It was just Saturday, I think it was, or or we did Sunday for the first time. I forget how it went, but anyway, I partied in the night with those guys. Well, came Monday, come Monday, I just basically had like a breakdown. I was sleep deprived, food deprived, eating pizzas and cheese steaks, just trying to make this thing happen. Party too hard, kind of broke down, and I was ready to give it up. And when I was ready to give it up, all kinds of people raising their hand to take this damn thing over. I'm like, well, why don't you just help? You know, I, you know, that's, there was some device in this air, but that's when my real friends came up and said, Hey, Kenny, we'll help you, but we want to be on the board and we want to have a say in the rumble. I said, that's fine. You know what I mean? I have people accountable, people help. 
So that's where we're at today. They're a big old board. Mm-hmm. We get scrappy. We're passionate people. You know, we think we're good at what we do. Um, done a lot. We've been through floods, 95 degrees, thunderstorms, the flood year, you know, on and on and on. And that's, uh, that's where we're at now, if I answered your question. Oh, yeah. So in 91, you were, you were 25, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty young, man, to start such a big tournament. <laughs> yeah, I got big dreams, you know what I mean? I say, oh, you do, man. oh, and you know what's funny is, and I don't even remember saying this, but it's definitely my M.O. Um, Kyle Recchi said to me separately, and Jeff Elwanger said it separately after that. He said, I remember when you were right over here in that field saying, I'm going to make this the biggest grass tournament in the nation. You know, everybody's laughing at me, you know what I mean? Like, it won't yeah. make this big, you know, and. I said, I don't remember saying that, but of course, I believe you. And then Jeff backed it up too. So I always had big, big visions. You know what I mean? I'm not scared of hard work. As my son would say, you're not scared of making people work hard, Dad. That's what you're not scared of. <laughs> <laughs> well, was that like your original vision? Because I, um, I thought your original vision was just, you know, you just want to do a tournament in, in Pottstown, right? Mm-hmm. Was, oh, absolutely. It was way bigger than that. Were you always No, no, not in the, in the beginning. I said, I want to do one of these in Pottstown. And that was when I looked at that 12 net tournament. And then it was like John came up with the idea, do the bikini contest, you know? And then <laughs> bang, you know, that, that was a huge um, hit. And uh, no, then it eventually, like, all right, man, we can have skydivers back then. I do jump. I, now I realize this guy, I think it was Richie. Richie passed in a plane accident. But this guy was crazy, apparently. I got the history on him then. There's nobody that's going to jump into uh, 400 spears as in 200 nets as a spear when you're coming in on the ground. This guy didn't have any problem. He landed right on the exit center court, packed his, packed his parachute up the whole time he was watching the bikini contest. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How much yeah. do you attribute the, the success, the early success to some of those, like, I guess you would call the marketing, like, you know, marketing devices or something, you know, people to, to catch people's attention, stuff like that. How much do well, you attribute it, that to your success? Um, a lot because in the wow. first one, the first one, we had music, which was unheard of at any other tournaments. Now I don't like uh, somebody opening up their. Was it another tournament? Somebody did that after the rumble. They had it was the tournament director opened up his uh, car stereo, and you, that doesn't travel across the field. I remember an open player saying, "Turn that off." Well, at the first rumble, I got this dude that was in a rock band. His name was Lenny. Lenny had long hair. He was a, a hardcore rocker. Well, he had his whole life investments in his amplifier. So he's got these Marshall amps out there. I said, look, I want it loud. This, this is what I'm telling this guy, right? I said, well, big old bass. First th- song, he starts off, with, I walk away from it. He starts off with Welcome to the Jungle. This thing is so loud. I'm like yelling back, oh, oh. I go back to him, got it turned down a little bit. It was so boom in the bass that the, the, the historic Potts Grove Mansion, which is on top of the hill, the guy came down screaming, you got to turn that down. You're shaking my walls, he said. <laughs> like, look, look, we're playing this, all right? Uh, so I kind of turned it down a little bit, but it still wasn't enough because the police came, and then they made me turn it down, you know what I mean? So now we end up, uh, yeah, all that, that stuff, all those little things that we still do today, people appreciate. The one marketing employee I had was, I was working with this guy and he happened to do stunt work for his buddy was a motorcycle jumper. I said, well, let's get him down and jump the creek. He said, okay. So I got the guy to come down with a motorcycle and ramps like evil Knievel style. And that brought everybody in from town. Cause that's what I wanted people to see the rumble. 
they came down for the motorcycle jump. And when he didn't wreck, they went, ugh. And they all packed their shit up and went back into town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, if you can see me right now, I have like the biggest smile on my face just thinking about <laughs> you and like this guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was ready to burn a motorcycle. Yeah, motorcycle jumped the crick. I was ready to do a fiery crash car. That was, they, didn't, they didn't allow that. Oh, my God. Um, so I was trying to do all kinds of shit, you know, because I, I like to party. I like to have a good time. I'm going to hold a party. I look at the Rumble as like a, well, it's turning into like a festival now, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's what I'm most proud of. It's, it's the people that make it. But like, you notice, know Ned, the vibe on the place. Isn't it like no other? To me, it's like no other. The vibe is like so cool. Oh, yeah. No, it's, um, it's amazing. Uh, quick, quick aside, I remember, well, my, my introduction to grass volleyball, I was playing sand at a, a um, local sand court in Bethel Park, Simmons Park, for one of my Bethel Park people out there. And there's this, you know, short dude that drives up in his yellow Mustang and he's just, you know, spouting off about grass volleyball and the rumble and, you know, nobody knows what he's talking about. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, obviously, um, TJ. Obviously, yeah. So yeah, it ended up being that obviously TJ Poletic, one of my best friends, but yeah, um, you know, obviously I, uh, I like grass volleyball, obviously. So yeah, I got into grass mm-hmm. volleyball with TJ and came to the Rumble, and yeah, the Rumble's life changing, man. Like, I think you know, like other people say, it's everybody's you know big celebrate. It's 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 the biggest celebration for us volleyball players for the for the whole year, right? It's our New Year's, it's our Christmas, it's our you know, it's everything. So, cool. um, yeah, man, it's amazing. Cool. Hey, yeah, and you uh. And you went out here and started Pittsburgh Volleyball. Let's talk about that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, we started doing tournaments in 2016. We officially became like a, an LLC back in 2018. So it's only been a couple of years. But this year would have been our five-year anniversary. So we'll have to postpone that for a year. But it's just a totally different vibe out here, man. Like for some reason, sand is still the, the number one thing that people play here and you know obviously grass is growing with with our tournament and word of mouth and people talking about it so i think eventually we'll we'll, we'll get big we're never going to be pottstown big we i don't think we ever want to be pottstown big just based on you know everything everything that you sell everything that you tell me you're just like you know you, you don't want this you don't want you know you don't want the you don't want the headache of running such a big tournament but but yeah man things are going i mean obviously other than the, the COVID situation, things are going well with uh, the company. Just got to get through this year and, you know, things will be back to normal you, moving forward. You know what you need to do, Ned, since you're organizing tournaments, what you need to do a, next year is a organize bikini, a bus. Bikini contest? No, no, organize a bus and get everybody from out there on it and bring them out to the Rumble so they realize what you're trying to do out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get get a bite on it, block a hotel room up, get some people on a bus. They can all drive out one shot. Do the weekend, take Monday off, sleep in the hotel Sunday night, and on back Monday, everybody's back to work Tuesday, you know? Honestly, I, I feel like like the early adopters of grass volleyball here are people that have already played at the Rumble, so I don't know. Mm. I think, you know, I think what you're saying makes sense, but I feel like a lot of okay. our people already know about grass volleyball from, okay. you know, basically from the Rumble, but yeah, I mean, there's certainly some people that... I, Pretty much everybody, you know, anybody new that comes, I always ask, like, the first question. Like, have you heard of the Potsdam Rumble? And, you know, a lot of them have. Some of them have, haven't. But, um, you know, that makes sense. So. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're trying to grow the uh, juniors part up a little bit, too. Even yeah. More. 
Yeah, the thing is, the uh, it was like some we put on that. It's like, look, we do better. Somebody's like, move it off of uh, that big one, the that huge monster AAU tournament they have for the juniors at Disney World. Mm. They were actually going to try and run it, and they they were always run on the same day with both always the weekend after Father's Day. I'm like, look, we didn't start off as a juniors tournament. We start off as an adult tournament. This weekend works for us here in Pottstown with the 4th of July activities and everything else. So we can't move. They can't move. And But what happens is um, the big uh, East Coast power around here, I guess they have 100 volleyball teams. I guess they were taking 12 or so down there, and then they were going to have a lot of the kids play here. And I like seeing the young kids play um, the old school rules, the grass, getting the feel, the whole vibe, because I personally think a lot of kids get burnt out. I know what I did with my kid with baseball and how much time we put into that. Now, he didn't get burned out. He went on and played collegiately. But I see these kids when I go to a high school match. I'm like, I had more passion playing indoors with a bunch of just dudes, you know what I mean, that never played high school or college. Like, we play with more passion. Mm-hmm. And I think these kids get – so corralled in the indoor tournament, indoor tournament, indoor tournament, you know what I mean? Which is fine. It's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not bashing that at all, but I just think there needs to be a level of outside grass chill. You know what I mean? Where if you know how I, you know how I treat the parents out there, right? Yeah. You know, totally. I kick, kick, kick them in the cages. You know, this <laughs> is a, I say, this is where the parents are to be seen and not heard. You know what I mean? Right. This isn't the mommy state or the, the helicopter parent. We don't want to hear you. You know, right. your, 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 your kids don't even want to hear you anymore. Just sit right. down under the thing. The kids will ref it. We'll figure it out. You know, we try and do that different, you know, that screaming parent. And you'd, you'd be amazed. Oh, my gosh. It's people they're at the wrong spot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're used to, look, you're paying $30 for your kid. Okay? That's it. You know, you're not paying $1,000 here that you have a right to do anything. The kid's playing. That's it. This is what it is. You know? Yeah. Yeah, juniors is really important to me, too. The, the only thing that scares me just because we're only, you know, four or five years in is, is the liability. But, but, like, you know, nothing is more important to me, especially because grass volleyball still isn't well-known in the Pittsburgh area. Nothing's more important to me than getting, you know, seeing younger kids involved, learning the game, learning grass doubles. So, yeah, we're, you know, we're going to get – eventually we're going to get to juniors. But, you know, we're trying to build out our, our – our, you know, um, base, base. Yeah, we're we're trying to build out our our you know big main tournament, which is an adult tournament. And whenever you know, whenever that hits a an apex, I think we're going to start doing juniors, maybe two or five years down the road, something like that. But yeah, juniors cool. really important, obviously. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's one of my favorite parts uh, at the Rumble when the kids make their own shirts up to say Potsdam Rumble, like their little team shirts. It's yeah. so cool, man. The, the joy on them, you know. I had the, the one parent, they sent the, it's on Facebook. I still got to answer that stuff from last year. Um, you know, we really should be apprised of the weather, you know, the mud and what happens if they get this. And I'm like, look, this is the Python Rumble. You come here, you got to be prepared for everything. Have your whole travel outdoor bag gear ready, you know what I mean? Because we're playing, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and everybody knows that at the Rumble. I do like that part, too. They know it's the Python. Remember the how about that muddy year? You played in that day? What was that, 2000? Was it 2015? Is that when it was? I believe so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a – and it's funny. Uh, most of the people just embrace it. You know, you'll get a couple of people that never – maybe they just work indoors and they live in the city and they never actually – dirt to them is like curb grime in the street. You know what I mean? Yeah. But 
to the rest of us, it's just dirt, it's just mud. It washes off eventually. But I do love seeing how people embrace it and, and played in it, you know. Oh, I was like Woodstock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was a tough year, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just because I literally ran out of warm clothes, right? Wow, so, dude. you know, I'm, I'm warming up and, you know, I get soaked, obviously, because it's still pouring. And, yeah, that was just a really – you know, it was really fun, really memorable for sure, but a really hard year because it's just like at some point after so many games, you're tired, you're cold, you don't have any warm clothes anymore. So, oh, uh, yeah, well, a tough it, one. but memorable, that, man. I mean, memories yeah. are the most important. <laughs> the that was the Saturday morning. I, I'm trying not to even look at the forecast. And I want everybody to realize we run it because people come from all over the nation. If we would cancel it, it's devastating, you know. So, oh, yeah, hey, we got playing it, we pay to fix the fields up, but. That, that someone came in and showed me the radar and this green <laughs> ball was coming at 10 a.m. and it did and then it went down I don't know if you know this but it was 51 degrees and it, it was, was cold windy. yes cold yes. that is cold I was on we were under the the, the beer tent the uh, assigning playoffs and it's still raining right nine o'clock at night <laughs> it's and I'm out there, and I got the board, and people just aren't showing up for playoffs. They're cold. They're done. Yeah. So I'm trying to match people up. And I had this old guy there, right? He was, I'm going to say old, 40s, whatever. <laughs> and uh, he was in one of the playoffs, and he said, I said, your team didn't show? He said, no. So I kept – I was like, all right, Smith, Jones is here. You play them. Go on out. I kept getting this guy a bye, you know what I mean, for like a round or two, you know what I mean, before we had to go out and play. Yeah. And uh, I kept calling teams. They're not here. They're not here. And this one young kid, there he is, no shirt on, shorts, mud on him, wet, head to toe. He goes, Jeez. when people weren't showing up, he goes, how could you leave all this? I said, that's <laughs> what I'm talking about, man. I love that dude right there. I'd give him free entry if I ever found him again. Oh, he made my dad. Yeah, that was it. You know, the mentality of that. But that, yeah, it was a hard one. And then remember Sunday, the sun came out and it was gorgeous and we moved all the nets over oh, yeah. out of the mud spot the best we could. But that shot you saw was Zach Batdorf and Adina. They unfortunately couldn't get moved. So they, or that was Saturday, I guess, too. I forget. No, that was Sunday. I think that, that was yeah, I think that was Sunday. Yeah, because that was co-ed. Yep, yeah, it was Sunday. So we moved a lot of them, and uh, yeah, it was memorable. Yeah, I've never run out of uh, – I think I may have had two or three sweatshirts, but I, you know, they were so wet and I was so cold at that point. I was just oh. like, oh, my God, I have nothing else to wear and warm up in. I'm freezing. It's tough. Yep. Yeah, but memorable, man. Yeah, that was also the year I think. Um, I think that was Bates and McKenzie played Zahn and, and Palm in the final. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a match, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. That's just amazing. Like, cause it, it's it was so hard to move around and get footing. It's it's still amazing. I mean, Bates is incredible, but it's. Do you know? I'm sorry. Do you know that? Um, I remember people came up to me and they're like. Yo, we could get somebody get hurt in this. I'm like, look, everybody, and I don't announce this. If you want your money back, go get your money back. You know what yeah. I mean? And I'm ne I'll never forget, even with that forecast, there was still a long walk online, Ned. Wow. Walking on, on to that Saturday. And do you realize that we have less injuries in the rain than we do on a dry day? And I really? figured it out. Yes, you might get some groin pools, you know, with a slip and – but people are just playing more cautious, and it's more of a slip, mm. slide, fall down. We're in a dry ground. You plant, bang, there goes a knee. You know what I mean? That's true. Bang, there goes a the hip. Yeah, I've had less injuries 
in those rainy conditions than I do on a nice day. That makes sense because, you, you know, you're obviously more dynamic when it's dry. So you're jumping higher, mm-hmm. trying to sprint harder, running. Yeah, that makes sense. Huh. Mm-hmm. What, yep. what, what do you think the hardest, other than, other than these natural disasters or COVID and stuff like that, what, what do you think the hardest part is of running a tournament other than some of the, you know, dealing with the weather, stress over the uh, weather? Well, um, for me, at the Rumble, it is – look, I, I don't like putting on a bad show, meaning hearing the, – the worst thing you can hear, and you might know this. I don't know how it went for you, but <laughs> you're a really organized, engineered guy. Um, but people complaining. So it is the pre-prep to make sure you have everything in place. If I forget or we forget to put the signs up, you're hearing it. You know what I mean? If just anything you miss with pre-prep, mm-hmm. it will come back and get you. So for the hardest thing is to make sure you have everything. And another tough part, since we are volunteer-based, um, we've gotten better at it. People have stood up and they take complete roles. I couldn't even mention everybody, but I'll just give uh, Colleen uh, Ty a shout out. Her name's changed now. She got married, but like she does all Love the college. Yeah, she does. the Yeah, right. She does all the athletic trainers, the chiropractors and the massage people. And she handles that and she is organized or she's spot on. So there's someone taking that, you know what I mean? So I don't yeah. have to worry about that. You know, they're the things um aj's taking over the parking which usually has me about wanting to wring somebody's neck in the first 20 minutes you know what i mean because people only were concerned about themselves you know what i mean (laughs) mostly and they want the best spot not the spot we're putting them in they want it terrible but uh i think the toughest part is um that just having everything spot on and and like i told you every time you do one little extra whether it's the banners you know now we spray paint center court it's just more work, you know, is mm-hmm. what it comes down to. And uh, yeah, that's the hardest part, just being organized. And, and yeah, yeah that's, that's what I have, you know, because I don't like hearing people complain because you don't want people complaining. You know, you, yeah. Yeah. We have a good, I, good group down there that comes down now. I mean, as in uh, oh, yeah. what I say the vibe is now, you get guys my age, 55 years old, coming back with their kids. And they know us, like the Masters division. Mm-hmm. There's no complaining. Everybody knows who we are. If we got a problem, we work it out. It's like so cool. You know what I mean? It's just fun. The people that come yeah. back and everybody knows everybody. So nobody wants to be a jerk. I have very few problems with players, you know? Mm-hmm. I, got, I got a couple good Colleen stories. So um, one year when TJ and I were coming to help set up at the Rumble, the plan was, you know, TJ picks me up late at night. It was like 11 o'clock or something like that. Our idea, because that was when TJ went to Shippensburg. So that was maybe two or three hours from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So the plan was we'll, uh, we'll drive two or three hours at like 10 or 11 at night, get to Shippensburg. We'll sleep there for a little bit. And then we'll drive, you know, two or more, two more hours or something like that over to, uh, over to Pottstown. Um, so TJ being TJ, he uh, he's late, late. <laughs> well, he may have been late, but he forgot his keys to his apartment in Shippensburg. Mm. So at that point, we end up getting to Colleen's house. You know, when the sun's coming up at four or five in the morning. And, and you were supposed to be there when? I I don't remember because um, uh. we you know I think it was like the Wednesday that we come to set up right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Colleen let us sleep maybe for like an hour or two, but we were, uh, <laughs> and I just remember driving to Colleen's house. The sun is coming up. We get there and then we, you know, we're exhausted, but then we have to go set up, which, you know, obviously, you know, more than anybody is 
so much work. So we were just exhausted. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I remember that year, and she wasn't having any of it, right? Yeah. Kali, get on out there, huh? She gave us an hour to sleep or two hours of sleep, but that was it. <laughs> TJ forgot the keys, man. It sucks. And my other, other funny Colleen story, so the year that TJ and I won A, 20, that was 2010, Colleen and I were planning to play Double B the, uh, the next day. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, I, I, I can't remember, you know, somebody made us move up because we won A. And, you know, we obviously, you know, we played from 9 a.m. until 12 a.m. the next day to actually end up winning. That's a whole nother, <laughs> the whole nother story. But I literally, like, was so sore, so tired uh, and trying to play uh, A with, you know, Colleen. It was just a really, really hard day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the old 9 a.m. to 12 a.m. Back in the day. Yeah. We, it was 2 a.m. That's 2 what I'm done, 2 at 2 a.m. Yeah, because then we got more organized, you know what I mean, with our playoffs coming out quicker. Uh, Jim Jim and Jamie on that, um, uh, evolving it, you know what I mean? Like, yo, we got, we can't wait an hour when the boards come in, so they do it computer-wise now, so which sped everything up, which was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I spoke to a guy out in um, uh, another state, we'll say, and leave it at that. And he runs um, a lot of leagues and um, tournaments. And I said, yeah, you know, he goes, yeah, we use the speed points. He goes, uh, he's proud of us. He goes, yep, pool plays uh, done at 2 o'clock. By 5 o'clock, it's over and we're wrapped up and I'm out of the park. I said, I, I, someone said, that's not, a, that's not a tournament. That's a league. You know what I mean? Could you imagine if we did that? That's part mm -hmm. of the fun, right? Under the lights going on until – 12 o'clock at night, one in the morning. Oh, yeah. Big part of Pottstown, right? Yeah. The, the idea that I'm kicking around, I don't know if this makes any sense to you, but I, I kind of want to, just because it's a lot to get done in one day, and it's, you know, obviously it's a lot of playing from 9 a.m. till 12 a.m. the next day. The idea I'm kicking around for a future tournament of, of ours is just making everybody, maybe except if we have like a B division, but making everything two day. So you can put all of your energy into pool play day one. And then the next day, I don't know if you ever, you've ever thought about, um, you know, extending yours out or not, but I, well, I think we being able to play two days for like high level people is, is ideal, at least for me, you know, an old guy now, but. Yeah. yeah well, no, I, I, yes, it works out real well. It's what it seems to be is the higher level you go up. Obviously, they take longer. That double A division that you mm -hmm. play in, that's just nothing but a meat grinder because those guys are so good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and girls, they're so good, they take longer to get done. And it's because of the competition in the side out. You know what I mean? So definitely for higher divisions, since it lasts longer, like at Potsdam, B is done first. They're done at two. You know what I mean? Just mm -hmm. because they, the ball serve scores a lot of points. You know what I mean? And it doesn't the higher up you go. So lower division wise, I wouldn't do it. Um, that's just my opinion because they also them, they're, they're usually younger people and they want to play again the next day. But as far as the higher divisions go, yeah, I get it. What, what do you, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Yeah. It's something we're kicking around for, for future, future planning. Um, obviously. Well, not. Wait, repeat that. Cause you broke up there, please. Oh uh, no, just saying that's what we're, we're kicking around that idea, you know, at some point doing mm -hmm. that in the future. Cause 
think that's, cool. you know, at least for the highest level players, that's one of the downsides having to play, you know, you have to put so much energy into pool play and then mm-hmm. you know, you put so much energy into playoffs. It's just like, if we could do that two days, I mean, it would be more expensive for me to do that. So we'd have to raise the, the price for people, but that might be worth it. So just, you know, just yeah. a fun, fun idea. I like but it. What do you, what do you think, um, what, what do you think's changed the most or what do you think's like stay the same the most about the rumble over, over the years? Hmm. Well, um, let me come back to that and I'll tell you how that happened at the Rumble, how the men's open and now the women's mm. went to day two. I'll I tell you what an, happened. Was, I have an idea, you, but yeah. Go ahead. Tell, you want to tell me? What do you think? Well, at least, yeah. Um, I think back in the day or even, you know, more recently, tournaments will just end up going so late, right? People, you know, I've heard stories about, you know, people – pulling their cars up and putting their their car lights on to keep the tournament going right so Mm -hmm. that's my guess but well it you're about right on what happened was um about five six o'clock in the afternoon men's pool play there's only a couple of them done you know i mean and these are big men they're hard to push around you know Mm -hmm. i mean like i say oh let's go i mean every one of them is going to give me a little bit of something (laughs) you know what i mean it's a little wearisome believe me so uh a thunderstorm yeah go uh go go tell hudson bates to his face that he has to hurry up right yeah right and try and do it nicely so they squash <laughs> you, you know? yeah. yes. amen thank goodness he's one of the nicest most professional gentlemen out there you know yeah I mean? but uh so this thunderstorm comes through and john emma was running the men's division at the time he just said finish pool play and come back tomorrow so they had to finish pool play and it was funny back then we we're young crazy i let people play in thunderstorms or we say go get undercover but they just played you know now Seth's on top he's you know he's half a lawyer because his wife's a lawyer so he makes everybody come in but he's the playing uh-huh. thunderstorms and rainstorms and windstorms it was great to watch from underneath the tent but mm-hmm. that's what happened so that made it easy then so now i don't have to push uh 240 pound men around you know what i mean so mm-hmm. they just get done when they get done i don't have to care now with all the rest of the divisions we do that five o'clock thing yeah, five o'clock rally. Mm, yeah, because if you didn't get done, you have to police yourself. Trying to push everybody there too, once again, is brutally tough. So five o'clock rally points, and we'll get on with playoffs. So to your question of uh, what has stayed the same and what's changed the most, um, I just think we dialed it up, trying to make. Hudson Bates said he gave a nice compliment. He said. I come every year to look at your improvements and every year you never disappoint, you know? So that was a nice compliment coming from a man like that. And that's what I try and do. We try and do is what can we improve on? That's what that driveway meeting after the rumble is about is what do we do need to do better? You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. uh, that's uh, one thing. um, I don't know. I think, uh, well, we have more lights than ever, you know, we spend, people don't even know, but we spend like seven or $8,000 in Florida potties, seven or $8,000 in uh, lights and cars. Yeah, that's that's what we spend. That's getting a guy, you know, mm-hmm. setting them up. They had to be set up in there Wednesday. That guy comes every morning, cleans them out. You know what I mean? Uh, or, or, you know, we pay park rental fees, you know, get a lot of bean counters out there. They crack me up. I think Kenny Cass and get rich on. I just, I try and get my wages made up for the two weeks I take off. I do the week prep and I'm putting fires out some Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then I need a chance to breathe before I go back and run a bulldozer and run something over. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think we have more volunteers than ever, more organized than ever. Uh, the things that stayed the same is we held tough, uh, which I'm most proud of uh, keeping the old school rules um, when everybody else was caving. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it, 
um, uh, Tom Galecki up there in Wapaka. I said, why did you go to the new rules? He's like, ah, you can tell he hates it, kind of. You know what I mean? He did. He said, what he did is he said, we did a vote. Who wants to go to new rules? Mm. And, and, well, here's what happened. Three quarters of them really want to go to new rules. Well, they want to go to new rules because that's what everybody's playing in high school. That's what they're doing. That's what's good for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the reality is it's not good for volleyball. The best play is the side-out volleyball. Yes and no, Ned. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. Peel, peel back the curtain a little bit. Like, uh, anything interesting from, I mean, this is over a year ago, but after the 2019 tournament happened, you, you remember any, like, anything that came out of your, your driveway meeting? Like, I mean, what could the Rumble still need to improve? Like, you guys are doing so so well, I mean, to be honest. So, what what big things come up still that, that, that you okay. guys Yeah, um, I won't go to 2019. I might go back to 2015. Okay. And that's where we expanded. It's when we be, or I don't know that exact year, but one year we uh, broke the record um, that Seaside formerly had of how many people, how many nets. And they always would go by the world's largest doubles tournament. So now I kind of sent a message over there. You need now to call yourself the largest beach doubles tournament we're the largest doubles tournament mm-hmm. so and mm-hmm. it, that might seem like an egotistical thing but it's not i realized that that's a big talking point because it always used to be the biggest on the east coast um biggest in the nation i still get people even on our definitely don't even know where the big world's biggest doubles tournament and it's just a it's a talking point it's a it gives the rumble recognition it gives it uh something so by pushing to do that i thinned out the staff and now what our biggest point was when you peel the curtain back was we need to make this easier on us so that we continue doing it mm-hmm. because we're working. I'm, like Seth said, you don't have a problem making people work hard. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm out there losing my voice going to the end too, but I'm killing people. You know what I mean? And it, and it got to the point where it wasn't fun when we were after that mud year, picking all that trash up that all my beautiful volleyball players love to leave around. Um, that's when it hit home. I mean, Larry Farman and my cousin Greg are uh, hauling four uh, pickup, big pickup truck loads of trash over to the dumpster. So we, our whole thing is to make it easier on us so we continue, so I can continue to keep having people come out and help. And what we got is we got community service workers picking the trash up, you know, because that was needed. So, and then we're hiring people to tear down nets at the satellite fields, hiring some people to take care of those fields. Cause I ran out of friends at 70. You know what I mean? I want to work. I got a lot more friends than that, but <laughs> hard to find <laughs> people that like to work, you know? So that's been our biggest thing to make it enjoyable for us so that we're not, cause he, you know, we get, you know, we go through it down there you know, like my son, he's, he's number two dude. He's, he's taking us to do levels like a lot of people have. I'm not, but he's on the on the Facebook, on the keeping us up to date with everything, the music, the sound, the the, the live Facebook stream. Um, he's like the worst guy. I we, things get heated down there, you know what I mean? And um, him, that's one thing we don't do. If somebody gets upset, the other guy has to back down so we don't have an argument because it doesn't go well. So that's our big thing. People don't understand the behind the scenes stress to pull something like this off, and they just don't understand it. But that that's the mm-hmm. big thing. Yeah, I get it. I'm, you know, obviously running my own company and tournament, I get it. But yeah, I, I totally get that people don't get that too. So that makes sense. 
Mm-hmm. And it's all about efficiency, like you were saying. I, I'm amazed too that, you know, when we talk that you, I think you said you have a surveyor, right? So you know exactly, like, this is an interesting peel back the curtain um, kind of thing, but um, you have a survey done of your field. So like, I think you've said before, your net, you know, all of your nets are pretty much in the exact same spot they are every single year, right? Correct. That, or you're right. That's a really good That's point. That's efficiency. Oh my gosh, dude. We used to, you know what my father's day weekend was every year with my son? Come on, boy. We're laying nets out. Oh so, my. Yeah, yeah. Every, the week before, right? So I, I got a lot on my mind and math never was my strong point. Okay. So now we start, now we're trying to remember, I got to have some chicken scratch paper that I wrote on um, how we laid out the nets. Well, I go down with orange striping, get to the end. Oh man, I did that wrong. Go back. Now we're going to use a red mark. By the time I was done, it looked like I had a rainbow coalition out there <laughs> on the lines I had on the field. Just to admit. So Jamie Hanley was my main guy because he does line striping. So that was the guy yeah. that always laid the fields out. He'd have to go ahead, lay out, because you have to have layout. And you know, as you know, we pack as many in there as we can. Hence, we put up that gill netting. Well, now gill netting is a whole nother job. But yeah, so the hardest part then was just laying out that I always had to be involved in. So now we got a survey, surveyor, crew help thing that um, actually GPS satellite. So he comes out ahead of time, gives us all the corners. You're talking setting up 235 nets. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think we used 208 last year or whatever. Um, yeah, that was one of the biggest helps you, that you can't even imagine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Trust me, I can because, yeah, we had quite the ordeal trying to set up. I think we set up 15 nets last year, which, you know, was a lot for us. Mm-hmm. You know how it goes. If you move one net, you got to move all of them. So, <laughs> so you better get it right the first time. So at right? your scale of 200 nets, I mean, it just, yeah, you have, it, you have to have it down to a science and you have to be super efficient, which we're, you know, we're not at that point yet, but um, well, you know learning. You know what's funny? Yes. You know what's funny? I say this with uh, Chris Howe, ECV. They, since they started, they ran seven tournaments a year. Okay. So mm-hmm. they had seven tournaments under their belt. By the time I got to seven years, they had, what, 49. So they're actually more efficient. You know what I mean? Like Josh and Chris and all those guys, like they – I mean, now we're doing good. Don't get me wrong, but I learned a lot of things off of them. Obviously, they learned a lot of stuff off of us. But it took a long time to get there. You know, the very – was it the first or second rumble? I don't know if you ever heard of the Hall brothers, but they were famous on the East Coast. They did the Molson tour. Two little dudes my size, 5'11", and they were ferocious, and they had a third brother, Carter, and Carter wasn't as good as those two, but uh, Carter was taller. Well, anyway, they came up. It was Richmond Hall, and I think it was the first Rumble, and somebody was doing the playoffs, and this person, I thought, had it figured out, but they didn't. They were doing it wrong. Do you know what it's like getting your ass chewed out by Richmond Hall? And I did. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's like, if you're going to run a tournament of this size and scope, you need to know what the hell you're doing. I'm like, you're right. You can't do I said, okay, you're right. You know what I mean? Hey, you can chew me out when I'm wrong. You know what I mean? And I was wrong. I had to eat that one. Um, what was my point on all that? You know what I mean? Uh, just like where we came from. That's yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like what what it takes and what it took. You know, the, the struggles. There's been – I mean, I've had ta- – town relations are really good right now. But in the beginning, I was known in the newspaper article, Kenny and his band of rebels. Oh, my. And that's ha- – yeah, that's, you know, because we were, we were, we weren't brought up in the town. We weren't, the 4th of July thing always has been one of the biggest things 
here, rightfully so. And yeah. it was because it was all, all the town leaders did that. The mayor, the, the editor from the newspaper, um, everybody, councilman, everybody was into the 4th of July. Kenny just decides to run this volleyball tournament, you know what I mean? And uh, I had a lot of battles. I had battles that I said, I'm fighting this last one, and then I'm done. And then I hmm. found, if I fought, I usually kind of went, one, you know what I mean? If something came out good, and I was like, all right, I can do it again. And uh, I don't know. It, I, I'll say with me, because people say, I don't know how you do it, Kenny. I don't know why you do it, and I don't know how you do it. And uh, I think if I wasn't such a fighter, um, it wouldn't be here. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, it's just been a lot. It's good with the borough now, but it wasn't back in the beginning, you know? Did, did you have a mentor starting out? Like, you know, obviously you, because, you know, we talk every six months for years now at this point, like you've been a mentor to me, but you were, I mean, you were only like 25, like we said, um, when you first started out. I mean, it sounds like you like worked collaboratively with Chris Ho and people, but did you, did you have like a, a mentor, like I have you that would just kick ideas off of, or you just kind of flying, not flying blind, but you know. I was flying blind. We were flying blind. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Chris, East Coast, and them, they were doing their thing. We just really started being more collab over, I don't know, maybe the last 15. I'm not really sure. Um, you know, they help us like, hey, man, uh, Chris, can I rent 20 nets again? You know, <laughs> when I realized that, you know, more people came than ever, you know. Mm -hmm. um, no, it was, uh, it was flying blind. Uh, maybe that's one of the reasons it's kind of original. Um is it because it just truly just got born like I said it did? You know what I mean? Uh, mm -hmm. No, I didn't. No, no. Um, I had stories. We were rent nets. Now we got big, right? I had a saying. You know Matty Brown, right? You know Matt Brown? You know mm, Matt? I don't think so. No. A uh, little pot sound, dude. You know him. Okay. He, uh, we did a, at that sand volleyball court, we did a kids' clinic. And that's when Don Decker, you know, we thought we knew how to play volleyball. Don Decker came down and taught us how to teach kids how to play volleyball. It's like, good thing we got him down here. You know, <laughs> nothing worse than not doing it the right way. So we teach these kids, which was Brian Kempner, Maddie Brown. Um, these kids went on to play the open level. But Maddie still tells the story. He's 16 years old. I'm sending him out to York to go get volleyball nets. And I need these volleyball nets, okay? And it's Maddie Brown, he's a little Potsdown kid. So he, he imitates the story of me on the phone. Maddie, you better get them there. And that's uh, Maddie, Maddie, you hear Maddie, I'm talking to you. Cause he's like, <laughs> he's a kid, you know what I mean? And I got him going to York to go get nets. And uh, he'd bring them back. He has a whole story on that it was funny, but we were renting from like four different people. It was an absolute disaster, Ned. And I'm gonna tell you why. And that's why we don't rent our nets out because the nets we got, it happens all the time. People, nobody's there to help at the end. So people are just at, probably at dark <coughs> using their headlights at these people renting from, just throwing shit in a bag. Well, I get the bags and the nets are all messed up. So I got to fix them all. Well, then I, I said like, look, you didn't have this in here and this in here. No, no, they were all perfect. You know what I mean? So it was an absolute disaster. Sending people out to Chambersburg, which is on its way to Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. I had to get them from Jack Fox. I got them from this guy, that guy. So we ended up purchasing all our nets, you know, and you know that struggle there. So we actually own like 240 or 50 nets. That was a big deal. Well, renting is just an absolute disaster. I mean, I've rented mine before too. And it's like, 
you know, you have to look, well, at my scale, it's, it's not a big deal, but like, you know, you look through each net, you make sure everything is there. And then when, you know, whenever they give them back, you have to look at each net again, see if, you know, are any of the, any, any of the pieces missing? Is any of it broken? Are they wet? You got to dry them out. Right. Right. It, yeah. It's yeah. an absolute disaster. I've, you know, I've reached out to other, like when we were growing too, I, I feel like I've asked you, I've asked Brad, you know, at the smash before about renting and you guys have always not done it. And, you know, it's not because you don't want to help me. I, I, I totally get the, the headache of renting for sure. But, but yeah, yeah I, I'm sorry. No, I got, yeah, I got a board vote too. And if it was me, I personally would rent Ned next, but I got a board, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. But that is the reason, you know what I mean? And, you know, you put, put the investment in, you purchase them and, <laughs> you move on as you go up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just was gonna say I don't, I don't want to keep you, keep you too much longer. I'm good. Um, yeah, cut it off whenever you're ready. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, or we'll but, keep going too. I'm fine. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't. Know. Just have a couple other thoughts, but so you guys started in '91 with 40 nets, and the most recent number I saw in 2018 was 208. What, what did you say? 208. I'm sorry, 2018 was 208. What, what did you say 2019 was? Did you say 220? I can't, no, I don't remember. I'm not going to say that. I, okay. I know it was just more people. We might have had some four-team pools. You know, we try and make everything a five-team pool. I mean, hell, we could have <laughs> 300 and some nets if we did four-team pools, but we try and make five-team pools, obviously, because we're trying to pack more people into the place. Um, no, I just know every year it, it basically is going up ever since the inception. There was just that big jump when – yeah, the record was like 115 out there Seaside had, you know, 115 nets. And then we went to 125, I think. And then the jumps were big. Well, that was a big jump. You know what I mean? Because I remember we were 90s or something. We were there for a while. Then all of a sudden, I guess really social media, um, 135. And then it was like 155. And then 85. And then 208. I mean, it's like a the lot whole compounding effect, though, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. They love it. They, you know, they, they just, I don't know. I love seeing people down there, man, having such a good time late at night. You know what I mean? Their, their crews, watching their crew mm -hmm. um, and playoffs. You know what I mean? It's just, that's what I love. You know, you know what I love most about the Rumble Men? Tell me. Monday afternoon around two, three o'clock, putting that chain up across it and getting the hell out of there. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I always turn back around and look and say, that was a damn good time. It's just like hosting a party yeah. at your house. You know, yeah, yeah. the best part of it is when it's over. So that's also, I want to enjoy myself. And that's <clears throat> what I like doing a lot is uh, Sunday afternoon, uh, watching the women's men pro action. I mean, you're talking such an assembly of talent. I want to watch it a little bit. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, and the tournament's still going on. So, you know, I like having a good time too, obviously. You know, I get to enjoy myself at night once the thing gets rolling. And uh, yeah. That's what I like most. <laughs> That's so true because, you know, even at my scale, it's an immense amount of effort. I mean, I have a couple people that, that help me out, but, um, but yeah, I know, I know what you mean. You, I, I want to have a life too. Like I, I could be more like Chris and run a tournament every weekend if I wanted to, but I want to also have a life outside mm -hmm. of, you know, I love grass volleyball, but you know, with my with everything but yeah i want to have a life too at the same time so that's why we've kind of just done the one you know one large tournament same same concept as you guys you know you you do one tournament and make it really special which exactly. I, I like that concept mm -hmm. but um did you guys force do you foresee are, are you still trying to grow like 
what, what's the future plan? You, at some point, are you guys are you just happy with where you are? Or do you, you know, you specifically, do you still have goals of getting to a certain, certain amount of nets or certain growth that you have in mind? It's a, well, it's an inner strife within the board because Kenny always wants to keep on going. But Kenny don't have the people to keep on going. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, that's our trying to pick people up to help. Uh, um, where would we be? Well, right now, it's just still we, we haven't filled out the three fields. We thought we did. So we still have room in all three parks. Um, so it's just to, to keep that going until we get more people that actually want to help. I mean, I'm, I give free entries out, swag for people that want to help. But, like, you know, it's the rumble. People want to come play. You know, mm-hmm. they, they don't want to work that weekend. So I need, like, local people. Um, and they need to know a little bit about volleyball. A lot of my staff never, some of them never even played volleyball. They just love it. You know what I mean? Like Rebecca Russ, yeah. man, shout out to her. She's works hard, you know, like just to pull it off. So she's real sad, you know, that's not happening, but now I, I just uh, keep on going, keep on doing what we're doing. Um, try and add, uh, you know, more prizes, more money, keep attracting uh, national level talent. Um, Mm-hmm. ABP players coming in, keeping our local people happy, and that's I, that's goal. Just keep keep doing what we're doing, you know, making people happy. Gosh, I I really want to see at some point in the future the Rumble be you know an event of the of the actual ABP. That would be so amazing, wouldn't it? Though I know, yeah, I, man. I, I, I've, I've, I've never thought about that till our our convo today. So that was really really cool thought. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the uh, that would be kind of plan actually donald son said he wants to come to rumble he follows us oh, really? for years he, yeah he told me that when i met him he's where's uh, he from is he a west coast guy uh, yeah oh yeah definitely west coast guy um, okay i'm not sure i'm uh, cali hawaii i'm not i i'm not sure um but uh yeah when he said that he goes yeah, he follows us all you know he's, he's I, I said this to someone i said it to carly she's the abp america carly gant wayne i said we're from the same background she looked at me like huh i said no not not financially, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, volleyball-wise. Like, he's, we're, like, the same age. He's, he's a little bit taller than I am. But sound like he was an A player, you know, maybe a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. And he just loves volleyball, you know. And it, I get that guy credit, man. He bought that tour. People whack on him. It's like he said when he bought it. The way I see it, I'm $2 million out right now. You have to make mm-hmm. a business. And he hasn't even charged ticket sales to go in, which I would, you know what I mean, to, to keep it going. But he, I don't know. That's a tough job, man. I think he's yeah. doing a fine job with a tour personally, and people have all these, he needs to do this, he needs to do that. He's doing a fine job, in my opinion, but that's for me. Well, it's an interesting point you make, too, about the level of people in running tournaments. Because, like, I'm a, you know, I'm an A or maybe double A. You're a double A. Ned, you're double A. Double A level yes. player. But it's interesting that the people that run tournaments generally are not the highest level people. And it, you know, it's probably because they're just focused on trying to, you know, play at a high level and win, which makes sense. But... I just I mm-hmm. never never thought about that until you said that about um, Donald. So just interesting, but so, somebody said to me, he said, "No offense, Ken, don't take this the wrong way, but how does the guy that pushes dirt make something like this?" Makes <laughs> 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 it just that's passion for it, you know what I mean? It just uh, you know just loved what it is, and yeah, it doesn't. You don't have to be the best volleyball player in the world to be the best coach, right? right? Yeah, you yeah. Just need to know a little bit about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad, too, going back to the point you made about uh, needing more people to uh, assist you. I feel like every year you ask me, you know, hey, Ned, can you, can you, you know, be the tournament director of, you know, XYZ Field? Mm-hmm. And 
I always have the struggle of like wanting to help you, but also it's like, you know, the rumble is my vacation from volleyball, yeah. right? So it's and hard. You know, and you, know, I want to help and you. you know, but... And you put years into it anyway, and I get that. You know what I mean? You run your stuff out there, you're coming out for vacation and a good time yeah, playing. But I want to help you. Nah, but yeah, you don't you don't you don't have to, man. You know what I mean? You don't have to feel bad about it because that's okay. I'm just trying to get like local people, it's a little bit different. You know what I mean? Like if you play locally probably should want to kind of help out. I mean, that's me just being a little egotistical. It is easier to get help now because mm -hmm. everybody likes, yeah, I'll tell you this, and I said this, it's easier to get help. It's just that the scale that we're pushing is tough. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's easier to get help because of what it is. It's, it's, it's very rewarding when you're there helping. The, I've had people like you, remember, when you come there on a Wednesday mm -hmm. and it's just a field and you turn it into that and you're like, damn, this is really cool. You know what I mean? Making yeah. something so special you know what i mean is a is a neat thing oh my gosh a funny story came to mind um i think the old uh like the old main center court tent used to be put the yellow up. white one yeah, yeah maybe maybe that one's still there um, no no we go no no we rent i got something different oh yeah that's another thing we did we used to we used to buy the tents right well time a tent rental company sells them to you they're kind of eh, you know eyelets ready to pop out grommets and all that stuff so now it was another thing we did Instead of us putting up tents that fall down every rainstorm, which it rains every year at the Rumble when you're setting up on a Wednesday, we get the tent rental company to do it. So that tent's uh, 120 feet or 100 foot by 40 feet, that monster, the big white one. But go back. Yeah, the, we always had the yellow and white one there back mm -hmm. in the day. But go ahead. I swear one of my – well, this is, this is funny, and people that help out will, will appreciate this. But I'm pretty sure one of my jobs was just trying to sledgehammer in one, you know, one side, one of those giant nails, right, mm -hmm. of the old, um, the old tent that you're talking about. But, the, but I didn't have gloves, so by the time I was done, I had these giant blisters on my hands, you know, whatever <laughs> day it was, Wednesday or Thursday. So, like, I could, you know, I could barely play by the time uh, I actually, or, you know, I couldn't handset or anything or hit a ball. So, it was just oh, like. Oh, I feel bad. That's what Kenny does to people, man. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. just people don't understand how much effort goes into setting up that, like, you, you end up setting up. You can't even play by the time you're done setting up. Right. Sunburnt, too. Everybody sunburnt, yeah. you know. And then uh, I, this, this happened. This happened a couple of years, but I never, this one was the best. They, we set up Friday, and they, a lot of staff was going to go golfing. And I, look, they're going to have fun. They're going to do what they're going to do. Well, and we still had a little bit of work to do. Well, they go out to golf, and this thunderstorm is just, you can see the sky. It's coming. So they turn back around. They come back. This storm, I'm like, everybody grab a pole. We start <laughs> to hold the poles. At each, you know, because we'd watch the center court one. Bang, that would go down. The one we have at the base compound with all our stuff on it, everybody's holding the tent why the wind's going, just to keep it, to hang on to it, or it would have been gone. Every year we used to go through that, losing tents and holding tents down, and yeah. it's all part of the rumble, you know what I mean? Like, oh I don't gosh. know. It's, I, I like that high energy, crazy, you know, stuff. Just the amount of effort that goes in, man. It's just insane. Mm -hmm. But, um, so I'm sure there's maybe some, some people that are going to listen to this that maybe want to start their own tournament at some point, so... Um, do you have any, like, you know, knowing what you know now at 55 over the last 30 years, like if there's somebody out there that's listening that wants to start a tournament or even, you know, advice you'd give yourself 25 year old Ken 30 years ago, do you have like any 
any advice for, you know, you 30 years ago starting out, things you wish you would have known back then that you know now? Oh, yeah. If I can talk to Ken at 25 years old, I said, don't do it, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a damn fool. Oh, my gosh. Where would we all be hanging out and having fun, though, every year? Maybe yeah, well, you know, <laughs> um, you know what I'd say to him? Well, do your best. Um, earn money at it because you deserve it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because, you know, we, we were over here doing this nonprofit damn thing. And uh, sometimes I look, I'd have, I don't know, I'd have guys who say to me every year, you making any money off that account? I said, no. And I feel like a loser, you know what I mean? Because he, he was a business guy. And then his business, he sold it. He had a restaurant business. He was a town guy. He'd always kind of get on me with that. And he'd always make me feel bad. And then finally I said to him, I said, you know, Teddy, oh, I said his name. Teddy, I said, uh, <laughs> <laughs> businesses come and go, but this thing should will last forever. This is a, now, this is a, I don't know, I don't want to call it a movement, but it's a special thing. Something that you're not going to get with a restaurant. This, this mm -hmm. is, I created something special that make people, that makes people happy. It gives them something in their lives that they look forward to. Like I said, I mean, people like this better than USA Nationals. Some people, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's like you said, it's just their biggest thing going that's special. It's nice. It makes me feel good. Warms my heart that knowing that all the work we did, um, including you, TJ and everybody else, what we made. So, mm -hmm. um, as far as, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I you know, I, I talked to you, I talked to a couple of people, you know, want to do a tournament and a lot want to get, <clears throat> would like to get to our level. I mean, who wouldn't, but, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, I look at it if it was a business. Oh, that's what they say. You know, you need to make money off of Kenny. I said, yeah, I, I definitely deserve to. I should be able to pull 20 grand off of this thing, in sure. my opinion, as much work as I do. But guess what? That means Seth has to get paid, Rebecca, Colleen, everybody. And that's the good thing behind any volunteer organization. You need people like that. We have Van Laura. Look at them. The blue collar, white collar. They can cross over lines. We need all these people. And if I got paid, then everybody would deserve to get paid. And then there would be no rumble. So you don't I mean, have any you don't have any regrets about being a for profit entity versus a non profit. Just like I said, you know, do I deserve it? You know what I mean? Should I have? Yes. You know what I mean? But uh no, not now. No, not not as special as it is. Um it no, no regrets. I think that makes sense too, because if it was a for-profit, so much of it would be about money versus nonprofit. It's about, you know, helping and doing a great event. So I think the longevity of the event, I think being a nonprofit helps the longevity of the event versus a for-profit event. If that makes sense. Yeah. And what, like I said, though, I think anybody else doing a tournament, you got to make a little bit off of it because it's just too oh, much yeah. damn work. You know what I mean? And then just, you know, get people, you know, you can free entries, pays, whatever. You know what I mean? It worked like the, the amount of money we're paying out and the prizes we put out, the stuff that makes it special, kind of hard to du duplicate, you know what I mean? So now I don't have any, no regrets, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hell, I'm 55 years old, I got a decent job, I'm not gonna live forever, you know, it's nice to, what do they, what do they call that? Um, legacy, that's some legacy in it, you know, at the end when they're talking over my grade, I know Seth's gonna keep it going, he has kids now, I have grandkids, you know what I mean, Rebecca, they're like the next wave, you know what I mean? They're like, take it over. We got a plan, you know, we went to the LaSalle Business uh, Program Group to learn how to make us a better nonprofit. And the theory was the bus theory. Kenny gets run over by a bus. What's happening next? So we're trying to prepare for that, you know what I mean? So that the rumble could continue going on forever. 
so if if the rumble you know obviously the rumble is your legacy what what do you want the legacy of the rumble to be when people think about the rumble if i'm thinking like um you know if i'm finished i guess finish this sentence like um you know i think the Pottstown rumble is or you know i don't know uh yeah the legacy of uh I don't know. I just, the coolest thing about the Rumble is the vibe of the place. You know, I mean, just being down there, man, like everybody's so, if you come down there to be a negative, you stand out. You know what I mean? Because everybody's so cool and chill. You are the jerk and it's like known. You know what I mean? Uh, so the vibe and just what we built and the players, I mean, on a Saturday night, a Sunday night, just everybody having a blast. I don't know. I guess uh, just, don't making people's making adult Christmases, I guess. Is, <laughs> you know, that's what I like it to be. You know what I mean? Making oh, grown people feel like kids again, being happy. That should be your new tagline. What's what? What's that? Giving or something about uh, giving grown-ups Christmas or something like that. <laughs> yeah, Christmas yeah, in the yeah. summer, seriously. Yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's true. But, right here when they do the trailer parks, Christmas in July, we're doing it in June. Look at that. We were funny, ahead of man. that, too. <laughs> well, honestly, I mean, it, you've created such a special event and you know that's what I've wanted to do here because I just love grass volleyball so much and no one was doing it here so you know I obviously knew I'm not going to make a lot of money doing the, the tournament that I'm doing I brought it here just to make people happy and mm -hmm. your event is is amazing man so well I'm gonna I gotta spread that around to everybody that helps because Kenny Cass cannot do this on his own so it's to all our uh, uh, all our staff all our volunteers and it's like I say what well, I said at the rumble in the opening ceremony we set, we set, we set the stage, and you're the show. And that's mm. how it goes. It's just a grand stage, and it the people are it. You know what I mean? They truly are. You know mm. what I mean? We just put it on a, the facilitator to make it happen. You know? Yeah, yeah. I hope you inspire. You. Hey, you're only what a couple years into it, Ned. We weren't much when we started. You know what I mean? And it grew to what it is now, and it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool, man. Well, I think that's all I got. So. Uh, I just want to say I really appreciate your time, man. It's always fun talking to you, just talking stories and and stuff. So, um, any other comments from uh, from the Godfather at this point? Nah, nah. It was a great talking to you. <laughs> Hopefully, someone to listen to this thing. And uh, where are you having it at? Where are you putting it on? Where where's it going to be? Uh, I'm gonna host it on the website, and I'm, I think I'm gonna share it like on Facebook and stuff too, so you'll be able to see it there. But Hey, speaking of randomly, am, am I? I can't be the first person to call you the Godfather, am I? Or is that yeah, like the name other people? No, 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 no. You can. You're, you're probably the first person. I don't want to get no. Uh, yeah, and that's. Um, it's, I find it amusing. It's kind of funny. Um, no, uh, my girlfriend. Uh, it was her first Rumble last year, and um, she calls me the Overlord. <laughs> <laughs> that's not good. You know what I mean? You're like that's above King emperor overlords like not you know what i mean like oh damn overlord yeah <laughs> well it's just funny like any any grass volleyball tournament running person in you know the whole pennsylvania area just like comes to you for advice just like the godfather so i see you like in, you know and just like the movie in like that dark room people walking in and asking asking your advice and you're just giving like short like uh five word sentences or five word <laughs> five word answers <laughs> That's about what you get out of me at the Rumble. Bang, question, next, next, next. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, back in the day, they say, Kenny, you need to wear a uh, – uh, you should get a tie-dye shirt so people can identify you. And, 
Oh my gosh. I had that thing ripped off from when I was in shape. I went bare chested for the rest of that damn weekend. You know what really? I mean? They don't need to Oh my gosh, that was when I was handling it all. People were just like coming. Well now we have people handling stuff, you know what I mean? And uh mm-hmm. yeah, people would come up and just I just oof, yeah. So yeah, thanks for the uh compliment there, Ned. I just try working with people. Try uh you know, being good to people. Uh the only uh one of the few phrases I remember in life. And I love one of the most is it says character defined by how you treat people that can do nothing for you. You know, so I try helping people out, you know what I mean? As much as I can, cause it's a true story, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's I, it. It's a really good point, man. It's a really good saying. So, um, well, I just want to say thanks again, Kenny. Really appreciate it, man. All right, Ned. Great talking to you as always. I appreciate it. Thanks for the interview. And uh, <laughs> well, I guess we'll see you 2021 there, buddy. Hard to believe we're uh, not going to be yeah. there in a month, but uh, it happens, I guess. Day. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know, man. Until next year. Yeah. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon, okay? See you, Ned. Thank Bye, you. Kenny. Bye-bye. Hey, guys.